episode. Welcome back to Generally Speaking. I am Bryce McElhaney. Today, I am joined by a good friend of mine, Eric Montefort. Eric is a software engineer as well as a player of games and a, a companion in my D&D campaign. He is rocking a, a human thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and there are several things I want to talk about. But first of all, um, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's a great weather out today. It uh, is. It's a bit surprisingly. Chilly. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been uh, kind of high and low, but um, it has. Yeah, thanks for coming by today. I really wanted to. Uh, we've been wanting to make this happen for a while, and I kind of took a break from the podcast. I got new microphones. I feel like that's something that needs to be addressed. They're very nice. Thanks. Um, you like them? Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm filling them out. I really like. This is the first time I'm really using them with somebody else. I've been testing them all morning, and so I um, I think they're gonna work. The last ones were lav mics. I like them quite a bit because I haven't really gotten as crisp and clear of a sound of someone's voice that I have from like a lav mic. But what you deal with that is the possibility of uh, like fabric rubbing up against it and stuff like that because it needs to be attached on your body. So I just wanted something more simple as far as the setup went. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you're testing it out. It seems like it's working. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about how weird it was. Uh, I've never like met somebody in a RPG game. Like right. <laughs> we weren't playing D and D originally. It was mech warrior. Yes. Which I wasn't familiar with. Me neither. I'm not entirely familiar with RPGs in the first place. So it was kind of an interesting experience all around Mariah, my girlfriend, she's involved and it's, it was definitely her first time. Um, so I actually thought your name was Zane for a while because my name, my your your name in my head kept, oh right, yeah. showing up as Zane it's just because your character's name was Zane. And I knew yeah. it wasn't your name, but I couldn't like figure out what your real name was because mm-hmm. I, I had I had like conversations and complaints with you and your character. Uh, yes, we'd had a, quite a few. Our characters like to butt heads a lot. We butted heads like almost immediately, and it felt bad because I thought that you and uh, Tanya were both like uh, I was like, oh, I'm making a terrible impression, but I don't <laughs> think they know that I'm just trying to be a, a, a bad person as a character. I'm not trying to be a bad person in real life. So super interesting way to kick things off, how to how to start a friendship. So uh, very. It was it's my first time like with that too, meeting someone for the first time when they're pretending to be someone else. Yeah. That's that's weird. Yeah. It is weird. Maybe that's how actors feel. Maybe. Mm. I've never met any. So I don't I know. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, how long have you been playing? There's a lot of things we can talk about, but since we're talking about D&D and stuff like that, you seem pretty well-versed in that uh, process of how to play those things. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly confused on what type of die I need to be using. uh, (laughs) And I don't know how to level up. I don't know how to do most things without being told. Um, Is that frustrating? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah? I mean, I'm I'm glad to be playing with you. It's fun because you can't play alone it's it's a very sad experience trying to do a lot of things like an entire world alone yeah so, have, have you ever had a situation where it was just you and a dm no i've had two people like it's been me and someone else in a dm mm-hmm. but never just a, a one-on-one thing i tried it briefly yeah but it, it didn't last long I was thinking about that last night. We had a, we actually played last night. So just to, to, uh, to put it all out, I play with my girlfriend, Mariah, and we play with our buddy, Rick, who's our mutual friend. He kind of connected us all. He and, did. 
uh, yeah, you and Tanya are great to play with, and, and you guys are very gracious for hosting it at your house every week. Oh, so, of course. Yeah, we have a lot of fun doing this. Um, and it, so I was thinking last night when we were playing, I was like, I wonder if there's a situation where it's just a player and a DM. And if two people, like if there was only two people who could play, because somebody has to be a DM, right? Like you can't just not have a DM. Uh, generally, yeah, it's a DM and a player. Right. There are like accessories you can get. So uh, there's like a deck of cards that you can flip over and the deck of cards is your DM. Yeah. So that exists, but it's, it's much less fun than like one-on-one -on -one interaction. What was your longest uh, campaign? Like how long did it last? Um, back in college, we, every Monday night, me, Tanya would go to our friend's house and they all lived in the same apartment and there was three other people plus a DM, so four total. Mm. Um, and so like the six of us, I think, yeah, the six of us would be in their apartment. We played every Monday for over a year, wow. I think. There were some there were some breaks, like yeah. Christmas, I, would, I wouldn't I would be there. I'd be across the state, so I wouldn't be playing on Christmas and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, that was uh, over a year, I believe. We've been having a pretty lengthy streak, really. Um, mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's lasted longer than I anticipated it might have lasted, which isn't a problem with me. But I feel like I think we've been playing now for this specific campaign. I'm going to say like two months. You I think? Th think so. Uh, bef bef I write the date down in my notebook every time, so I have like a date log. Yeah. So I, th I think it's two months. Yeah. That's another thing. You are an incredible uh, documentarian when you're playing these things. You're so detailed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if every time someone has a question, we always have to look at your notebook. And yeah, I, I only take one page of notes like per session, so it's <laughs> it's not that intense. I know some people like chronicle their entire thing. Yeah. Have you? So you enjoy games, right? I, I enjoy do. I enjoy games. Most of the games I've enjoyed in my life have been video games. So like I was saying, uh, RPGing has kind of been a newer experience and. Um, I was introduced a few years ago to tabletop gaming. Yeah. And is that what you would just call it? Is that like the umbrella term for like board games basically? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it, it was kind of uh, illuminating to see that there were entire stores dedicated to tabletop gaming for like board games. Like they would just sell a plethora of different board games and people would come in for tournaments. And I had no idea that this thing existed. And it seemed like it was like, sort of cultivating a, a, its own kind of subculture. Mm -hmm. It appealed to me through like just being able to disconnect. <laughs> we're dealing with this static noise and we don't know where it's coming from. And it's every now and then we're just going to keep our cups over here now. I guess. I yeah. Know. We're too far into it to restart now. So we're just going to keep <laughs> going. Sorry. Yeah. I, I got to figure out what's going on. That's the thing. Every time I buy new audio gear, it's it's a whole process to figure out what exactly it is I'm doing wrong to make this static. If anyone, if you're an expert, come on over. Let's talk about it. You can help me out. Um, it'll be a good time. So mm -hmm. I was talking about this subculture that I was kind of witnessing uh, here in Norman at, at uh, Wizards. Wizards yes. Asylum, as well mm -hmm. as, uh, oh, don't let me forget it. It's the other one. <laughs> I've only ever been to Wizards. I think DC Games, maybe? There, there's another one in so the shopping right. center uh, over on Main Street. And uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting the name of Main them. Street. I didn't know there was one on Main Street. I need to go check it out. Yeah, it was really nice. Really, <laughs> I'm giving them the best plug, but I can't remember the name of the store. But they were really nice people. <laughs> I went in there one time. Um, but I just didn't really know that existed. What appealed to me about that was 
being able to disconnect from mm -hmm. these online platforms. And it, and I didn't realize until that, like how connected we all are in, in gaming and how much there is like a socialization with it. Mm -hmm. That's almost exhausting. Oh yeah. I mean, I download games on steam and stuff like that. And I, it's a wonderful platform, but it, it's like, uh, it does have a certain aspect to it where like, if people can see that I'm online, I kind of hate that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, uh, I have set my Xbox avatar to stay offline most times. Yeah, so I don't know if, if you've delved into both you know, sides of video games as well as tabletop gaming, you know, mm -hmm. like what, what, tell me a little bit of each of those and your preference on, on them. Um, it kind of depends what I'm feeling. If I want social interaction, definitely the board game. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you can get the same social like aspect in video games, especially now everything's online you can't do a lot of things without buying the premium account or dlc right so you're talking to people over well headsets but um i i really just prefer the face-to-face -face interaction um i feel like there's more nuance when you can see what people's doing sure and, yeah uh, i think it's easier to clarify things when you can point and maneuver yeah it's it's definitely more like of a wholesome type of gaming mm -hmm. just because you're not alone i guess yeah I don't know. It, it's just kind of been revealed to me recently. And I, I, I realized like, as I grew up, I missed the days of when I wasn't connected to anything, right? Whenever mm -hmm. you just like started playing like your PlayStation or your Nintendo and there was nobody else seeing what you're doing. It's just mm -hmm. you in that game. Yeah. Single player gaming is like a, it's a beautiful experience. It definitely yeah. can be. I still enjoy it. I just finished some single player games like last Saturday. What so. was it? What were they? Um, I was playing Darksiders, the original one, mm. uh, uh, remastered, I guess. Uh, Atlee or Sophie. I don't expect anyone to know what that is. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's alchemy game. Gotcha. You go around collecting materials. Yeah. And you have, instead of having a fetch quest, it's like, hey, I need a bunch of medicine because I'm going on a journey. Uh, so you have to go and collect the materials and then mm. you have to create the medicine with the stuff you find mm. and then there's like a story other than just uh, collecting materials and creating things interesting yeah I, I think as I've gotten older though it's been harder for me to well I'm getting back into video games just because uh, I just graduated last year right so right. I've actually like picked up a lot of hobbies just because I have more time I'm working mm -hmm. obviously but I'm also like I've gotten really good at cooking Oh yeah, yeah. I've gotten super good at making omelets and like I can't make omelets. I'm really jealous. I yeah, it's I made so many omelets this year. I've um yeah, I, like last year I only knew how to make one good dish and it was some variation of like chicken and rice fried with like peanut sauce. It's really hard to mess that up. That sounds really good. Though. It's delicious. Yeah, I do enjoy some fried rice. Yeah, it's great. Um, this year I've gotten really good at making like cauliflower rice dishes, which is a totally different game. That's really interesting. I don't cook with cauliflower almost ever. Well, see, cauliflower sucks, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> no, generally, I, I've never <laughs> I've never enjoyed cauliflower. It's a, like a weird, tasteless, crunchy thing. It's like the it's like the albino broccoli that shouldn't uh -huh. have never existed, right? Yeah. I yeah. like broccoli, even. Yeah, that's, that's the great. thing about me. I like raw veggies. I, I can eat them. I'd, I usually prefer raw veggies over cooked veggies just because they're less mushy. I like the crunch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a very divisive stance you've taken. Yeah, well, you know, it's just who I am. So the cauliflower, <laughs> I've never I've never liked it. Um, but what I found out uh, 
thanks to Mariah, my girlfriend, she's been buying these packets of like frozen cauliflower rice and it's just Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. It's just diced up cauliflower. My initial thoughts on it were like, this is going to be gross. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like this. Um, but there's something very unique about cauliflower rice is that it absorbs a ton of flavor. So if you're cooking, comparing like chicken fried rice to chicken with like cauliflower rice, mm-hmm. here's the here's the big difference. Rice is obviously more like, uh, for lack of a better word, like more like rubbery, kind of more like chewy, you know? The rice? Yeah, I would say. Does that make sense? It's like more, I mean, I it's more, so. yeah, it, yeah. it's, a, I can't think of a right word, but cauliflower, it's, it's less like that, but what it does, it's soft when you saute it nicely and you brown it in a mm-hmm. skillet with like nice, like, like some onions and some veggies and some butter or whatever you're doing with it. It browns and it gets crisp and it like mm-hmm. absorbs whatever flavors you're cooking with it. And that's why that I like it. That sounds cold. really nice. It is. Yeah. And it's a healthy alternative. So Yeah, it sounds great. I have a lot of rice, uh, but I feel like I've been in a bit of a food rut recently. So Food rut? Food rut. Why? Well, I'm stuck in a rut. Uh, I feel like I have the same things all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's the middle of the semester. Uh, I'm working full time. Tanya is, uh, she's going through her PhD program. She's getting her classes. Yeah. And that's got a lot of work attached to it. Mm. So we're just having like the same simple things. Yeah, often. just just like necessity, like mm-hmm. just eating just because you have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's... So, and I enjoy food. I want to start. I want to start getting like different things, trying mm-hmm. new food again. That's been a while. I, I yeah, I never really knew the potential of um, this. This started with me talking about like hobbies I picked up over this year, just mm-hmm. having more free time. I always thought I could get into cooking just because I really like good food, mm-hmm. but I have seriously impressed myself with what i'm able to to cook and it seems like the less i have available in the kitchen that's when i really impress myself like just like a handful of like ingredients and tossing them together and just trying to make just garbage not really garbage but just like cheap <laughs> stuff taste as great as you can mm-hmm. that's amazing so the other day i'm really bragging on myself but that's the, all right so the other day i had this chicken i really needed to eat it uh just because i had it for a while and uh, so i i Dethawed the chicken and I I didn't have anything else to go with it so it's just straight up protein chicken mm-hmm. not a problem with me yeah it's good. I, yeah I cut it up I sautéed it I decided I laid out all of the different little like seasonings and condiments I could that I could do you know go through with it and and just looking at all the possibilities it felt like uh, you ever played Breath of the Wild yes yeah you know what I'm yes. talking about it's mm-hmm. just like how he's looking at all you're just mixing matching all the ingredients mm-hmm. and figuring out what you could do that's what I was doing. So then I decided on garlic, sriracha, uh, honey, because I realized that uh, you can make really good garlic, sriracha, honey chicken. I'm trying to remember what I did with soy sauce. So I had all those things, right? Sounds like a great combo. Yeah, I was kind of leaning on a more like Mexican style chicken and then because I had (laughs) stuff for that or it was more of like an Asian style chicken. Then I Mm -hmm. went for the Asian style. So I got a bowl. I poured some soy sauce in there. I poured a, a good amount of sriracha, poured a bunch of honey in there just to offset the sriracha spiciness. And on top of that, I just cooked the chicken with garlic. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the best things I've ever made. That sounds great. Yeah, that yeah, sounds it, restaurant quality. I, like I, I'd see that on a line. I made like, yeah, I was so impressed. Um, and I had no idea that I had all of this in my kitchen, right? Like that's what's, yeah. that's what it's like, it's kind of, you know, open some doors in your mind. 
mm-hmm. the possibilities. And I, I had some peanut sauce there on the side to like dip it in. Ooh. So, and a giant bowl of chicken. That sounds great. So that's what I've been doing this year. Just, um, been playing around a lot with those kind of things. It's, it's just fun to like go to the grocery store and buy different things and try to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So that all started from gaming. So I'm, I'm playing more video games. That's what I was originally saying. It was, wasn't it? We got, we got pretty far. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. I I took a pretty long break Mm -hmm. from uh, video games just because I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And and I'm not really a part of the culture. I feel like I'm not really a part of like, I don't know half the time what people are talking about when they're talking about video games. So I'm really disconnected from that world. Um, But I'm finding my way back into it. And it's not really like, I'm I'm not going to make it a huge part of what I do, but it is like, I'm allowing myself to enjoy it. If that makes sense. Like before it was really hard for me just to like sit down and enjoy something like that Mm -hmm. just because I think I was too anxious or worried about something else I needed to do. So now it's good. It's I'm in a place in my life where I can enjoy those kind of things. Good. I mean, that's the whole point of games is to enjoy yourself. Yeah. And so if it's stressing you out to play a game, I just wouldn't play it. Yeah. That's why I don't play Farmville. (laughs) Why I never played Farmville. It just sounded stressful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there will be some times where I get off work and I uh, I play a, a really fast-paced game, Team Fortress 2, and it's like a 10-year-old game. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's seriously my favorite game. I'm, oh, yeah. I don't, it's a free-to-play 10-year-old game. And it is my favorite game. I've never actually played it. It's I... it's so much fun. It's just, it's it's not even like it's like fun. It's like I have so many good memories playing it. Mm-hmm. Not even with other people. I just play by myself. It's like my perfect zen out, leave me alone kind of game. And um, anyway, since it's so fast paced, if I'm already like a little bit stressed out, I can't play it. Like I realize like, no. oh, there's a point where like it's good. Video games could be good at relieving stress, you know, but if mm-hmm. it's like too fast or if it's too chaotic, you know, it's like I can't. This is too much going on. My brain doesn't want to process all of this. So I have to step away from it every now and then. And then I kind of step away. I start playing a, an even older game. A, a, oh. a game that's probably 10 years older than that game. No, it, this game is Empire Earth. It's an RTS, and it came mm. out in 2001. Is that like a civilization style, like yeah. overworld map? You yeah. control yeah. armies? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. It's very unique to what kind of RTS it is, though. Like, I've tried playing other RTS games because I love that game so much, uh-huh. and I hated all of them. Oh, yeah? So it's really weird that I only like this really, you know, what is, it's like a 20-year-old game. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I, everyone knows now. I just stay at home, <laughs> chill out, and play really outdated games. It's all right. Um, I've just recently, like, gotten access to newer-gen consoles, like, within the past year and a half. So I was always playing the old stuff, too. Uh, yeah. My favorite console is still PS1. Really? So, yeah, that's where most of my collection sits is in PS1 and PS2 games. Just really old, outdated graphics, mm-hmm. no online support. It's just it's just kind of there. That goes away though. The the graphics thing, like I think initially it can bother me. Um here's a fun little story. I um a few years ago, I had a really hectic um semester and I the day I was done with the semester. I had like one of my finals. Mm-hmm. I went straight over to uh, Vintage Stock, yeah, and I bought a PlayStation Two that oh. day. And I I didn't even know I wasn't thinking. I was just so stressed out. And I was like, I'm gonna just like, I need a break. 
I need to like just not think about things anymore. So I bought a PlayStation 2 for like 60 bucks or something, it's whatever. A great price on PS2. Whatever it might have been. It might have been a little bit more. Who cares? I didn't care. I had the money. Let's do it. So I bought the PS2 and I bought uh, one of my old favorite fighting games. And I, um, yeah, I ignored everybody for like three days and just oh. stuck to that. It's a good feeling. And But the graphics thing, it's like that's something that goes away really quick. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. like it's it's like it can bother you initially, um, but it's really it comes down to it's it's almost like when you're watching a movie that has heavy CGI and your brain recognizes that what you're watching isn't real, but you eventually slip into the fictive world regardless. Like it doesn't I don't feel like it matters a whole lot as long as you're slipping into that world. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. I still play these really old games. The graphics don't bother me. I think there's a great charm to it. Yeah, yeah, and it also reminds you of just of a more simple time. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of games, you were telling me a little bit about um, your assisting, or tell me your role in this game development project that uh, you're, you're kind of working on. My title's changed at least three times uh, in this game project. How did it start? What is it exactly? Um, so it started with a completely different game that's been released. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an Android game called Gloobs. It's... It's okay. It's kind of fun. How do you spell that? G L O O B S. <laughs> okay. I was waiting on the S. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotta gotta make them wait. It's, that's the important part. So, uh, we're, uh, when was that released? I have no idea. Uh, two years ago, maybe. Were you a big part of that project, or was it kind of? Um, so it was before I got there. It was like primarily student based. Um, back. I was so I'm. Uh, back in Ohio, Athens, Ohio, is where I was before Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like all students except for like one of the graduates who was working on it. And they had been working on it for a long time and making slow progress. And I joined them and um, some of the other people who were kind of dragging their feet left. Mm. Uh, and then the project kind of started moving more quickly and kind of got wrapped up. Uh, within a year after that point because uh, that was released a few years ago and then there was a, a decent sized break and then we started planning this other game mm. that we're working on now called old ninja old ninja old ninja mm, okay yeah. and the game is exactly what you would think it is is it another mobile game or is it no this one would be a desktop okay um, with keyboard and controller options is that like a i have to imagine that's got to feel like a higher rank of a project i it that's just feels like how it. i would assume it uh, to be like if you're working on a mobile game versus a you know mm -hmm. pc game i don't know mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean it's definitely going to be like bigger with more content more like art assets have to be created they want there to be like a some kind of substantial story mm -hmm. as opposed to just this gloobs one where it's your scientist discovering these bacteria-sized thing called gloobs, and you can mix them and mash them together to create new gloobs. Oh, okay. You just, you just had to make a bunch of gloobs and throw them in a pit. Yeah. And that's kind of how that one went. Did you like it, the finished project? Gloobs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever played the Alchemy game from, like, 2006? It was another no. mobile computer game. No. And that one is similar concept. That one was really popular. I liked it. I like gloobs just the same. It, uh, I guess so you have alchemy you have different elements like fire and water you can mix them together and you get steam 
uh, right. globes wise, you would have an earth and a water globe and you make the mud globe. Mm. I see. I'm thinking of like a, um, a, would the, the actual term be called like a flash player game? What do you call those? Like, a, yeah, flash. yeah. Uh, it was definitely a flash game. Was it? Okay. Ago. So there, like a long what I was playing wasn't, it didn't have an objective. It was literally just like mixing elements and watching yeah. them. So is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that would be, that's the alchemy game. Okay. And it's like, it was, it would, all the elements, whatever it would just like, you would click and drag, like say if it was water, mm-hmm. you would like click and activate, you know, whatever element you were dropping in the water would just kind of like drizzle down or whatever. And you can like drop it on fire and watch it <laughs> steam uh, up and stuff like that. That's what that's I'm thinking. One of them. The one I was thinking of, you just have like an, an icon that says fire and an icon that says water. And you drop one onto the other, and you have a new icon that says oh, steam. Oh, okay, yeah. Mine was like a real-time, like, you add however much of, you know, you could, like, add, like, acid and, like, wood. Just, like, weird stuff like that, and just watch things burn. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I remember that, actually. That was, like, a public library type of game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's something you would do when you came home from... I remember that one. Or you go to the library after school, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah, good stuff. Um, the old ninja now is... A side scroller. They want to have. They want Super Mario level, or Super Mile Mario sized levels, like eight worlds with four stages each. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Mario levels are those are kind of bite sized individually, but they want these to be like longer mm-hmm. than just the original Mario levels. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Um, recently, uh, like I talked to the developers who are, I'm working with, uh, the other students on the project. I'm not a student. The students on the project, and then me, who's kind of guiding them. It's like so, we're working with like in a, a three-year-old piece of software, mm-hmm. and they came out with a new one this year. It has new features that would make building levels much easier. Uh. So I talked to them, talked to to the boss man, and we we decided, okay, we're just gonna start fresh. We can keep the scripts, we can keep the art assets, but the levels that we've pieced together, we're just gonna scrap those, build them out again in the new engine that will make uh it'll be faster to use and easier to just build things because they have a a better stretch and tile system uh, mm. so you know if you take like a graphic it'll stretch out sure and it'll look bad yeah uh, this one will let you instead of like instead of stretching the tile just clone it kind of and so you'll get to the end of it and then it'll just repeat mm. so you can stretch it out and you can bend it and it'll keep its aspect ratio and it'll look really nice Jeez, yeah you're talking over my head man Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's really interesting to me. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and hit the restart on that. Sure. Oh, perfect timing. It's like 29. And we can talk as long as you want, honestly. Like, I usually oh. go for an hour, but I'm like, yeah. as, as long as you want to talk. You want to keep it down to an hour? So It's up to you. Okay. I didn't even notice the, the timer. Up there. Yeah, that's why I decided to keep it flipped out. Mm-hmm. It is going to be weird because normally I have it to where it's not like I have two cameras so I can cut to the other one while I turn that one off so it doesn't even like you, it's a seamless thing mm-hmm. where this time it's not going to be that way. This is going to be more simple though. I decided to just stick to one camera just cuz it's so much easier to edit. Yeah. I just need to make this thing easier on myself. That's what I was doing. I was I was putting way too much work mm-hmm. into it every week and it was just stressing me out. But anyway. So your degree is is software engineering, but it's specifically uh, geared towards game development. Is that correct, or what? Uh, yes, it was a software no video game engineering and digital ships, digital simulation uh, from uh, Shawnee State back in Ohio. 
Okay. So, you know, naturally I have to ask, like, what made you want to go in that direction? And, like, did you have any idea of, like, what the game development market looked like? No. Because I never hear about that sort of thing. You Like, it's just not one of those areas of work that you really get a, it's, it seems like the, I, I've never gotten a clear glimpse into like what that looks like or like how you get those kind of jobs and because obviously that's what I was wanting when I was younger I was like oh that's totally what I'm going to do with my life and then I you know obviously didn't but <laughs> yeah like so what what tell me the process of you deciding to do that um this would be back in 2010 was when uh I was I graduated high school mm-hmm. I was looking at colleges um and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I had a vague sense that I wanted to do programming, but that's very vague, and there's a lot of programming out there. Right. Uh, so I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, so I went to a like a, a college recruitment night kind of thing where mm. there was instead of all the colleges having tables set up, I did go to those, but there was one lady who was just talking to the group of families who were there just sitting in like an auditorium style folding chairs just listening to her drone on and on about you can go to this university who does this and this university that does this and i hated it it was awful yeah and i was falling asleep in my chair and my mom was like wake up yeah but, yeah so um i was falling asleep a little bit and then she's like and then we have shawnee state university uh princeton reviewed top 10 universities for video game engineering in the country wow yeah and i guess i woke up for that because i woke up and was like i want to do that and i went back to sleep <laughs> uh, yeah. so i just went there um i got really lucky it was the only school i applied to i was very lazy in high school yeah i applied to one school and got in yeah so that's great yeah very lucky for me so what was uh did it become clear to you after i'm sure taking like certain classes of like what the business side of things look like uh not so much and some classes revealed it a little bit we had uh some professors who one of my professors worked on uh the original everquest Mm, okay uh, and he worked at microsoft he did a bunch of things um and he told us a little bit about the industry and had another professor who came out of california who was working there briefly i believe um and he told us a little bit about like his job life back when he was over there yeah um but I think most of it came from there were two two sources that I, I read. Um, one was, I forget the name of the book and the author, but it was illustrated by Penny Arcade. Mm. And they, uh, they drew comics for, they had a bunch of schools and then a bunch of business stuff about the gaming industry and stuff like that. And then the rest was just a lot of public forums. And I did talk to some people who actually worked in it at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're always very busy, so I wasn't given much face time with them. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I, I, how did you make your connections, and how did you make, like, what was your first uh, leap into working on a project? Um, or, you know, you already kind of talked about the first, pro- was that, was, uh, I'm already for, glue, glue, what was his name? Gloobs. Gloobs. Was that your first official project that you got included on? It was not. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so senior year of college, I was, I got, picked for an internship with me and my friend uh, from our capstone class uh, there's not a whole lot of us to pick from there's only four of us in my particular particular class uh-huh um but me and my buddy got picked up to in town 
create game demos for a, uh, a local company. Um, it's now, I believe it's Yoast Labs, previously uh, YPI Technologies, mm -hmm. uh, and they make inertial sensors, uh, which are little black boxes that pick up rotation and acceleration and have a compass in it. Mm -hmm. So um, if you strap it on here and you say that way is forward, it'll you can move your hand. Uh, I, I rocked the table too hard. I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm just gonna throw my phone as far away as yeah, possible. Yeah. Maybe that's something I'll, that's I'll going on. It, it actually did stop. It did stop as soon as I feel like it, I threw that. It could have been. I, I guess it's a phone thing. All Maybe. right, sorry, go ahead. Now we know. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, so we were picked up by them. They had inertial sensors and that just, they would sell them individually and you could, uh, they could use mocap with it, but it was, they were fairly expensive per sensor. So getting a bunch of them to do mocap with was costly. Mm -hmm. So um, they created a Kickstarter at one point uh, and it did succeed. And they, I believe they're, they fully, uh, they finished up with that Kickstarter. They've delivered all their suits, but they made a cheaper alternative where instead of each sensor having its own like brain mm. and talking to your computer and doing stuff, they would, they wired together six to 18 sensors like yeah. they daisy chained them all together up the arm uh, and there was like a hub on your chest and that's the only thing that had the brain that would talk to your computer uh -huh. but it would it was a mocap suit uh that would capture your movements in real time okay and transpose them into the game wow yeah so i made that's... three actual games with that that's crazy yeah that's cool. really cool or three demos, rather. They weren't full-fledged games. Do you feel like you, like, was that pretty mind-expanding of an experience? Or? Yeah. It was a first, like, big group project where everyone was motivated. Yeah. Capstone class. We're all students. No one. We just want to graduate and get out. Yeah. But uh, this one was like, oh, we're getting paid? Let's make this great. That's uh, awesome. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. And since then, what kind of experiences have you had? I know you're, so you're working, uh, you have, I would I guess a day job. So I, you, you have a normal job. Yeah, it's and, a and nine then, to five. Yeah, and then you're working uh, on another project currently. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell tell me a little bit about both of those. Both of those. Yeah. Uh, day job is a. So I'm I'm a software engineer yeah. during the day, work at a really large data collection company, uh, LexisNexis. Yeah. Um. Uh, rather LexisNexis Risk Solutions. Uh -huh. they, and from what you were telling me a little bit before the podcast is that they have a little bit of data. They do on everybody, uh, possibly. They do. Um, they. <laughs> I don't know what that I data mean, consists. I don't know of. about everybody. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. They. Uh, it's just what they do. They collect and aggregate data. They analyze it. They process it, and they then they can use it in a variety of different fields for different purposes. Mm. My immediate. Uh, assumption would be like um, tracking I don't I don't know I don't know I, I feel like it, it all leads back to like advertising or marketing purposes um, like tracking and analyzing data on uh, people like on how they're using web browsers that's what I'm assuming uh, I, I don't actually think that's their field they might have something like that uh, I'm really what kind of data is it sure. exactly what it, what would it be because I can't um, I, I'm trying to think of all the other ways that I provide company's data about myself mm -hmm. um i don't think that they do the cookie tracking that uh -huh. facebook does uh and facebook does it right pretty poorly from from what i've read uh no no they uh, do it like poorly like they're they, not they've they've had uh issues recently uh 
with uh, relie releasing data they weren't supposed to release or collect oh, right. things. So, yeah. Um, I, re I remember when I was in high school and I was like, um, I used to play more music and mm -hmm. I was looking up probably tabs for, you know, guitar. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it's like, it was so weird to me back then because I was like, what's, this is so obvious. Like every time I type in like a guitar tab or something, I'd go on <laughs> Facebook and there would just be a giant, uh, you know, ad on the side of my feed for Guitar Center. Mm -hmm. No matter what, like it was like whatever I looked up, it was like the next time I logged in on Facebook, it was like right there. Like, this is freaky. Yeah, that was my senior paper in <laughs> college too. Was uh, people tracking cookies and yeah, cookie like uh, not browser to browser, but like same browser, like different sessions. Facebook will read everything that you had open. Right, and right. Track everywhere you went. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to have like an optimistic outlook on it because if it felt like it was inevitable and it was just going to happen the more I used mm -hmm. my web browser or, you know, used Facebook or whatever, I, my optimistic outlook was like, well, you know what? They're just helping me figure out the things that I actually do want to buy. It's true. Because more often than not, the ads that were being directed to me were, yeah, they were tailored toward my interests. I would probably mm -hmm. rather see an advertisement geared towards what I actually like than random stuff. So if I go over to my parents' house and I see like, you know, it's kind of like going on someone else's YouTube uh, account and just seeing like the, the videos that are tailored towards their interests or like what mm -hmm. stuff they look up. And it's like, this is not my YouTube experience. Yeah. It's, it's completely different. different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, uh, I get that a lot too. I, uh, I, I just use, I use YouTube at work to listen to music mm -hmm. uh, in the background while I do stuff. And I don't log in. I just look for people who I know exist on YouTube. Right. So it's like the two hour... Uh, chill music to just loop with so I can focus. Yeah. Um, but the ads I get are crazy. Like I've, uh, I'm getting ads for like political campaigns across the country. Oh yeah. 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 That that's I interesting. Have, I can't vote in those campaigns. So I'm getting these ads that are. Yeah. Something that recently freaked me out was that, so the same story, I was at my parents and I went over and I used, you know, I was on their YouTube mm -hmm. and, um, I just checked out one of the videos or whatever on there and there uh, the the ad that popped up was for like children it was it was directed for it was child advertisements because it was like for toys you know uh -huh. and it's because my nieces are over there on like they're the ones usually on youtube and so like mm -hmm. like the video content itself was not like cartoons or anything that they were watching it was like whatever you know my parents watch on youtube it was you know goofy stuff mm -hmm. Uh, but the ads were directed for children, which made sense to me. Like it, it I don't know. I, yeah. it, it, I made that connection where I was like, oh, they know. They know the little kids are watching this, and they're trying to get them to buy toys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Have you been to Little Kid YouTube? No. It's a terrifying oh, I place. Have. I've been there briefly. Yeah. They're they're so weird. It's just or, like, or the content creators who do that specifically. Yeah. They're weird. Yeah, it's just like opening 70 chocolate wonder balls and just holding the prize up to the camera yeah and they chuck it away and they do it again and again yeah yeah no i've, I've heard of like i think the that generation is going to be so weird i think so because they're <laughs> they're in the unfortunate time where people are realizing that we can like get a lot of information and then push a lot of advertisements and yeah tailor a lot of things towards people yeah but it's not heavily regulated yet it, it, even so they'll be at that transition even the like uh just little like quirks about it is it's so weird so if you meet like a child like some of my friends have kids and my my uh my 
your family there's obviously some kids and i've seen little kids like say like at the end of a facebook video or something they'll like automatically say like like it's like and subscribe you know like that's like a part of that's like ingrained in them like that's mm-hmm. what you say at the end of a video yeah you don't say like bye or like you say like and subscribe the that's weird like your real life like real life kids are saying that to yeah. people well not no, i'm just saying like if, if you like i've seen a, a, a case where a kid was on video and towards the end of it it was it's really cute like i'm not okay. like it, my initial reaction wasn't like this is devastating i thought it was mm-hmm. adorable but it was because it's my buddy's kid mm-hmm. but it's like his natural uh thing to go to at the end of the video is be like thank you like and subscribe and it's like whoa that's weird you know like yeah. it's like it's charming but it's also like oh this is just what you grew up with yeah this is what you've seen your entire life mm-hmm. like and also i didn't knew i didn't know that of course children are gravitating towards like youtube um weird youtube i mean the, the children videos that they like they're i've seen like, I don't even know what I was watching. They were just so weird. Such weird videos that I think, like, expanded their brains in weird ways. Like, they just, yeah, it tickled I them in a strange so. way. And they were, like, amused by, you know, it's almost like looking at, like, if uh, Steve from Blue's Clues, you know, was, like, a content creator today, he would just be, like, uh, I don't know. It, it's like that, except way worse. Like, it doesn't have, like, a, oh, a clear structure to the video or anything. It's more mm-hmm. just, like, nonsense and just, like, stupid, happy fun. That's what my experience has been. Yeah, that's what I've seen on like little kid YouTube a lot. And I, that's another thing is at least like when we were growing up, this, you know, whenever it, it, content wasn't in the hands of just anybody, it was in like, uh, you know, obviously it was a little bit more regulated yeah. on television. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there was actual like, you know, there'd be, um, I guess, an incentive for the people who are creating the shows to give a moral to a story to give structure to give resolve mm-hmm. and maybe like a lesson or something like that depending on what you're watching it just felt like that was the natural formula for a good story what we're seeing on youtube and my little experience watching children's youtube videos is that that does not matter it's just no. got to be obnoxious happy fun terrible music that or you know whatever it is and it's like there there isn't a, a clear mm-hmm formula for it it's just like what can we do to entertain them as long as possible and keep them coming back Mm -hmm. i think it's they found some formula that works and i think like that wonderball video that i was talking about earlier Uh was a i think is every time you open a wonderball there's like that little sense of excitement yeah it's like if you're opening a gift oh what's inside i don't think little kids can differentiate between the video and real life too well so they get that hit of serotonin uh-huh. every time like someone opens a little gift on the thing oh. and so that's what keeps them coming back wow yeah so and are you saying there's that, like actual videos of like are you saying there's specific i couldn't tell if you were making like a, an analogy to like an actual wonder oh, no, that's a real that's video. a real video that they do is like yeah. oh wonderful and then yeah they open the, it and... they go to a machine open like they'll crank out 20 chocolate eggs and okay. they'll cra- then they'll come back to their house and crack open 20 eggs on camera. I thought you were just giving an example. I didn't know that was a real video, but of course that is. Like a real thing that oh, yeah, attracts there's, them. There's you know? way too many of those. It's a scary time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I can't lie. I mean, I don't put a whole lot of thought into it just because I'm not. it's not a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. It's not an everyday thing I think of. It's not something I'm subjecting myself. If I had kids, I'm sure I would think about it a lot more. Oh, yeah, me too. But I, I don't. So It's I don't. not a part of my world. But it does make you want to ask questions about, like, regulation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, advertising to children is really messed up anyway. Like, 
it's not really fair. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and if you have it on like an explosive in the means that you can get it from YouTube, like there's no commercial breaks. I mean, there, there are they're for the advertisements, but I mean, like there's no end to the program. YouTube mm-hmm. is forever. It's as long as you want to sit there and watch it and, yeah. and put your brain into it. And you can argue that we did that as kids. And I would, I, sure, I was guilty of, of, of sitting in front of a TV for hours probably. Oh, yeah, me too. But yeah, it feels different, doesn't it? It does feel different. It feels like, like I was saying before, that at least there was some sort of incentive to have like a resolve to a story or some sort of structure, some like something that built something in your mind yeah. maybe and helped you make connections to mm-hmm. reality. Yeah. I'm speaking uh, really out of turn here. I don't, you know, I, so it's easy, I it's easy to make these honest. assumptions and it's, it's, I think regardless, it's definitely worth being concerned about. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. It's definitely something worth being concerned about. And I think we'll see it as, uh, and I'm not going to shame future generations because like I get tired of being shamed for our generation, no. the way we grew up. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I feel fine, but I'm sure they'll be fine also, but they oh, are yeah. going to have different, uh, certainly different ideas as far as like, I don't know. It's going to build them differently. Every mm-hmm. every generation's built differently, and this is. Yeah. And but I do feel like this is a significant change in how children's minds are being shaped. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, where does that leave us? What a tangent! Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was. That one took us way off course. Yeah. Um, my other project. I think that was the next <laughs> thing on the list. <laughs> yeah. Please we, tell uh, me about we went, it. We went up and we made a list, and then we went this way. And now we're back here. Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. This is what it needs to be. It needs to be more flowy like this. I like this. Um, I realized, like, in my last, um, you know, so I, I took a break from the podcast for mm-hmm. a, a few weeks, as you could see. And uh, I, I was preparing myself a bit more just because I think I was, like, trying to put on a good podcast. Obviously, that's what I want to do. Um, but I got so worried about structure. I feel like for my thing, like, I think I just need to relax and just let it flow. So I'm, this is kind of a good thing. This is a new direction. Also the, the laptop isn't even up here. I, I think it's better just to have like, yeah, it's cleaned up the backdrop. We're just having a conversation that's happened. This happens to be recorded yeah. through audio and video. <laughs> when you put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, I do like the backdrop this <clears throat> week, by the way. Yeah. So I was changing it pretty frequently. Um, mm-hmm. And then we ran out of records, so ah. or record sleeves rather. That, um, that will put a damper. You can see, like, I got some backgrounds. I got some crazy, wacky ones. I got the King Kong. Yeah, uh, that was the one that caught my eye. Was King Kong? And yeah. This guy. I don't know if it's on. People, brand. people like that one a lot. I don't know who King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard are. Uh, it's a really good them. band, honestly. Yeah. Um, Riley, my uh, my best friend, he mm-hmm. showed me that band and uh, i actually just re-listened to that album the other day in yeah. my car it's fantastic it's a super good album check it out paper mache dream balloon by king gizzard and the lizard wizard i really like it that is a sentence if i've ever heard one <laughs> yeah also the song titles are really nice i like them yeah got time equals fate time equals dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign uh and i of course i got my jethro toll i love jethro toll uh he's really he really likes genesis i also like um phil collins yeah, I was yeah. a Genesis fan in high school. College. Yeah, I, I've never really like delved into like Genesis. I, I just listened to Phil Collins. Yeah, I didn't get too deep either. But um, was it Land of Confusion? That's a good jam. I'm sure I would know it if I heard it. Mm-hmm. I'm not as well versed on music as I would like to be. I know very little about music and media in general. Yeah, I'm there that was something thinking. else. I I'm surprised I haven't gotten. 
I've been getting more into music. I definitely, so I gave up on video games. I gave up on like a lot of music. I still watched probably a lot of movies. I think I got more into film during college. That's one thing that did grow in my interest. And, and also obviously like filmmaking and video and stuff like that. I kind of got more into like visual storytelling, but I was really into music. I really liked being in the know about a lot of things. And I kind of just kind of, it was, it was a little bit overwhelming. I feel like I gave up for a few years and I was really out of the loop on a lot of good music. So I was just listening to the same stuff I've been listening to since like 2013. So I kind of just relaxed on it a little bit, yeah. but I'm, I'm re-immersing myself slowly. That's good. I never really got into it. Um, my iPod or my, my off brand iPod, I didn't have a real iPod. Yeah. Did not have much music on it. You know, I know what you thought I was going to say because oh. you heard the story yesterday. I heard it yesterday, yeah. But that's not where I was going to go. Okay. Well, did you have another off brand iPod with a, like just one artist on that one also? I did not. <laughs> no. Um, I did have a second iPod because the first one kind of kicked the bucket. <laughs> the screen broke, it wouldn't turn on. Was that the one that we were talking about last night? Uh, no. The, the one How that, many of these do you have? Just just the two. The, okay. fir the first one kicked the bucket. The second one was the one that only had Aqua on it. Okay. So tell me a little. I didn't know that Aqua. I don't know. I, I do now, but tell me a little bit about Aqua. I don't know if I can. It's been so long since I listened to the Aqua. But Aqua is known for? Uh, Aqua is known for Barbie Girl. The that loud song that sounds vaguely you don't have to explain it everyone knows <laughs> everyone knows the barbie girl song yeah that's, you, I, I guess yeah so. yeah uh the uh why i don't know was it, it was, just funny like it's just like a <laughs> it was funny and i didn't i liked it's, it's weird i kind of like electronic music uh -huh. but i don't like things that are electronic music so an aqua was this happy medium of it sounds like it, but isn't to high school year old me. That is so confusing to me. It, I'm not judging to you me on too. it. I just think it's interesting. I definitely <laughs> had like a strange gamut of, of music on my old iPod, uh -huh. but um, like really strange. Yeah. I, yeah, that was a time where everything was an experiment for me. So I would just like, I would have like all my techno stuff and I, I, I had techno too. I honestly don't like techno anymore. Like I, I thought I liked it for like a year and I was like, mm -hmm. I, I'm over it. I'm over it. It's yeah. a, I'm done with it. I appreciated it while it was there and I understood it. And I was like, yeah, techno, techno's good. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Uh, similar. I had, I had a very small bump of listening to techno and then not. Right. I tried a lot of things in high school, and I, I kind of came to the conclusion I just I'm just not built to listen to much music. Um, even like even now, I don't listen to much music. Um, and the when I listen to stuff at work, it's there's no lyrics. It's just generic chill music. In college, I listened to almost nothing but mm, Curse of Monkey Island. Is that the video game? Uh, Curse of Monkey Island 2. <laughs> I listened to that soundtrack. I've never played the game. I can't even get the name of the game right. I don't but know. That's all I listened to in college. I don't know. Sometimes I do get old games, uh, their soundtracks stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. And I tweeted this one day, and I tweet maybe like once a month. And so it's I. It's more than me. Yeah. So I tweeted out like. Uh, you know, like I basically, I was just, I really did have the Donkey Kong 64 soundtrack stuck in my head for like two days straight. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I can't even recall what it sounds like right now. If I think about it pretty hard, I'm sure I could. I don't want it to get stuck in my head. Anyway, I tweeted uh -huh. about it 
I had an explosion of replies. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't get that. Nobody replies to my tweets, which I'm fine with. I don't, I'm not expecting people to reply or interact with what I say on there, but that was really strange to me because people were like, oh, same, absolutely, every day of my life. And, like, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, this is, a, I guess I'm not alone in this. Some of those uh, classic soundtracks are so easy to just like slip into my mind though mm-hmm. yeah and they're so simple and like they're they're pure and they like their message is just there it's like that game again it just makes you slip into like a more simple time mm-hmm. yeah that, that's all it is and talking back about um whenever i got that ps2 and i played like a fighting game for three days i bought some other games with it also uh, i can't recall all of them but only a few and man it just felt so good like it was just like um it was a sort of like relaxation that i hadn't felt in a long time for for like i guess video games in general Mm -hmm. it's it's, i guess it's like what video games used to feel like to me if that makes sense like it was just like i I was able i just felt like so good so calm and i could just like i could pause this i could step away Mm -hmm. eat some oreos chill out you can pause those games treat myself nice yeah just pausing it just pausing breathing Mm -hmm. so good no, don't get me wrong. I love multiplayer kind of games. I mean, the like first time I ever played a multiplayer game, it blew my mind. Like online multiplayer or like yeah, oh, yeah, that's local. what okay. that's what I meant. Yeah, local didn't really blow my mind. It was pretty cool. I don't remember the first time I played like a local yeah. multiplayer game just because that was pretty early on. I so imagine it was yeah. Mario Kart on like the GameCube or something like that for me. I think mine was Poi Poi. But like the I first time I played an online game, I remember. I remember exactly what game I was playing and how much it freaked my mind out. Oh, yeah? <sighs> okay, I'm lying. It was one of two games. It was definitely one of two games because I got these two games at the same time. I got Halo 2 and Call of Duty 2 at the same time. Uh, I want to say it was Call of Duty 2. It was the first game I played online just because I was so immersed into like the war-like situation, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I at this point, I had never had another, like a, you know something that looks like an NPC acting and moving on its own, knowing that that was like being controlled by someone else Mm -hmm. that I didn't know where they were like that freaked my brain out. And like, we were on the same team killing other people and it was like, Whoa. Yeah. Blew my mind. Uh, I can't think of my first online. I didn't like have online games. I mean, I did, but we didn't use online features. My brother got Xbox Live sometime in high school. Mm, and yeah. the first one I played was Halo. But I don't know if I played Halo first or something like on the computer, like with a massive multiplayer online thing first. I'm right. really not sure. Yeah, as far as LAN goes, it, it was definitely... Yeah, it, it must have been Halo. Uh, mine was Poi Poi or Crash Team Racing, probably. Huh. Yeah. It's just such a good feeling, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm finally, I'm at a time in my life now where I really am. I'm taking the time to enjoy these things. And even earlier this year, I'm talking like three months ago, I, I had this like, for some reason, I, I felt too like anxious or guilty mm-hmm. to enjoy that. You ever feel that way? Like you ever get oh, yeah. so wrapped up in like obligations and stuff? And the thing was, I wasn't like purely, we have like a minute and a half and I have to redo that, but mm-hmm. it would it was like um, I had plenty of time. Like looking back, it's like no man, you can treat yourself. But sometimes it's like I just can't feel good. It, that's the most irritating thing is when you want to relax and you want to do something that you know will relax you, mm-hmm. but it, you're too anxious to do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the worst feeling. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Let me restart this. Okay.
<clears throat> so if you've been watching this so far, I keep uh, cutting and you know from one clip to the next is because this camera I'm using shuts off automatically after like 30 minutes of recording. So okay. it's kind of janky. I'm getting a new camera soon. Oh, oh yeah. The, <sighs> so what do you get? Okay, this looks like a good camera. It is, well, it's a very good starting camera. It's what I would call a good run and gun camera. It's great for covering events. I mean, it shoots in just a very simple 1080p. 30 frames um, a second, 24 frames a second, and and uh, for slow motion shots, gotta gotta chop it down to 720 for that 60 frames a second. You know, cut that in half, slow motion it, 50% the speed duration on it or whatever. And it's a good camera. It's been really good. I've I've had it since I'm gonna say I bought it in 2014. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, maybe 2015. I can't remember. It's been a great camera. But the next one I'm getting is an actual like cinema camera. Um, you know, it's in the title at least. It's a Black Magic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it sounds I'm, intense. It's it is it's it's going to be pretty intense. And that's a, I was telling you a little bit about my laptop about how they're kind of an experimental company, and mm -hmm. so it can either it's a great product, but it's it, it has a great possibility of messing up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just because it's a it's an experimental company, that's the same thing that's going on with this camera company, Black Magic Design. Uh, they're Australian, and they produce some incredible uh, camera equipment. Um, and they, so they, I think the reason they designed this camera is because they got kind of discontent with the products that Canon was producing. Um, and I was too for the price range that I'm in. You know, if like if you're like an independent filmmaker. And you're you obviously you're not going to have a whole lot of money to spend on camera equipment can get so expensive. Oh yeah. So they made a camera that's about the size of this one, except it's pretty. It's like kind of like a brick. The the design of it is not incredible. It's pretty wide, but it has 4K capabilities, oh, wow. uh, which is a big deal for me. Um, and uh, it has a they have a, a really great color science to those cameras that I haven't even experimented with. Like I have no real life reference. I've just seen several different reviews, several different videos telling me of why this is such a good camera. So I'm really excited to finally get it and try it out. Um, but yeah, they're an experimental company and I've seen mixed reviews, but mostly very positive. And it all kind of comes down to like, what exactly are you gonna use it for? You know, that's like, that, that determines what kind of camera you should get. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to getting that. So I think I'm just doing this thing where I'm buying products from experimental companies because they, uh, uh, each of these companies I bought from, they, they managed to pack a lot of stuff into a very good product for a very reasonable price. And I also like smaller businesses. I just like helping them out, so. Yeah, shop local. Yeah, Australian. Yeah. After but after this uh, this camera officially comes out and everyone's orders gets fulfilled, um, they're gonna. I mean, they're they're banking. Oh, there oh, are yeah. so many people who are making an order for this camera just because of its capability. It's like a thirteen hundred dollar camera. The um, <laughs> the other cameras that you would compare it to are like around twice. Oh yeah. That yeah, usually about like twenty five hundred for a decent camera. So. It's been cool. a process, yeah. Got to buy like a lens for it. And there's so much I got to, yeah. I don't know. Buying microphones, I'm not sure. You know, I'm just, that's been another thing is actually having a job, 
being able to pay for things I actually want. That's that's been super cool to me. Investing in stuff that makes me enjoy what I do more. So yeah, I know what you mean. Microphones, even if they aren't the right choice, I feel like I'm feeling pretty good about them though. Yeah, I think these are okay. Yeah, I would say these are pretty good microphones. I also like these stands. These were super cheap. Yeah, the stand right here was like seven bucks. It's pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah, looks good. Same color, blends in well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's a good thing it's not like pink or something. Yeah, mine is uh, not the same color. Huh? <laughs> uh, so I, I also have a microphone. Uh, oh yeah, you do. Much much worse than this. No, no, no. You, uh, we, we've used your. Okay, so this is something that's made me curious. You have you you do have a nice microphone. It's a USB uh, yeah. microphone. Uh -huh. That doesn't necessarily make it a worse microphone. I think it's a really good quality microphone. Uh, I was I was less impressed with it. Um, because earlier when we were setting these up and we playing with the playing with the settings, uh, I was talking and I was coming. I could hear myself through your microphone. Yeah, the one I have, but just you can't do that. It's got you have to be like this close in order to do anything. Really? Sorry for the ASMR experience. It's okay. Oh, we can. <laughs> that's so weird. So okay, quick question. That's definitely like a sexual thing, right? No, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I mean, it can be, oh. but it's it's not. It's just okay. So I'm not, like, <laughs> doing something weird right now. Not, not to me, um, but some people, maybe. Does this soothe people? Is that the purpose? Yeah, some people, it just really relaxes them. Okay. Some, pe <laughs> some people, uh, they get, like, a tingly sensation in, what? like, the back of their neck or in their spine when they Ooh. hear it like that. That's creepy to me. Um, I'm not going to judge anybody, yeah. but it's creepy. I, I mean, to each of <laughs> their own. If, I'm yeah. sure if, it, like, if it's just, like, a very relaxing experience, it's great. And you have two very nice microphones that you could probably set up a decent ASMR rig if you ever felt so inclined. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to take it back. It's not creepy. I think there's definitely, like, audio that I choose to relax me um, as far as, like, certain artists go. Like, there's a, there's one specific artist. If I'm taking a nap and I mm -hmm. want to put on some headphones to listen to, it's the same artist. It's a very soft, acoustic, sad, very sad, sad music. Look up Grouper. Grouper is a very sad musician. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much, but it's so sad. There's literally a song called uh, Dragging a Dead Deer Up a Hill. That it sounds very it's sad. It's beautiful. It's so good to take a nap, dude. Do it. Check it out. Okay. I'm revealing all my life secrets. That's um, all right. Uh, so, you know, there's probably no difference in me enjoying that. You know, it's whatever people can feel relaxed to. But the, like, the tingly sensation, I can't say... I ever get that from any kind of audio unless it's like a, an adrenaline type of feeling from like mm -hmm. a, like a, you know, a good song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the tingles either, but more power to you if you do. <laughs> I'm so glad you explained that to me. This does sound nice. No though. I really, I will tell you what I like. I told about you they're it. a good microphone. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I like how um, crisp and nice it sounds. Like it's like from this distance. What I don't want to do. Yeah, I would agree. Do you think that's like a ASMR no-no? Uh, depends on the video. Some ASMR videos are just breathing into the microphone. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I feel like I'm becoming less and less uh, like cultured as far as like the internet goes and like the directions it's, that the internet it's is a going. Wild, wild west out there. Because I was like, "What's Twitch?" and I got. <laughs> So I checked out Twitch, and one of the videos was an ASMR video. Didn't know what that was at the time. 
Yeah. And it was like a lady taking a, a makeup brush. And she, was she brushing the microphone? I think so. Either that or like brushing her face. And she's like, hey, guys, how are you? I hope you're having a good day. I could scratch my beard. You think people would like that? I mean, I mean those are that's a video already is it not with you but could be a... <laughs> this is very weird i know this is strange isn't it you said it wasn't sexual <laughs> it's not it's, right. it's just kind of weird seeing it happen in real time i guess so yeah that could be yeah um but i i don't usually listen to them i listen to a few yeah and i know i, I know just enough to know what they are mm. i know i know approximately many things no that's not the quote that was an Adventure Time quote that I messed up. Adventure Time? Yeah. I used to love Adventure Time. That was like one of my chill out shows. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, um, so I, there's one more thing we can talk about. Um, <laughs> we're talking about so many different things. Um, yeah. I, I love cartoons. Me too. I, great. Cartoons are my favorite. They always have been. Mm-hmm. They always will be. They, uh, the art of like animating something and having voice actors, I really appreci- appreciate good voice acting. And I love everything about animation um i don't like every cartoon obviously but I, I grew up liking all these different cartoons adventure time piqued my interest as an adult which was new for me because i was like um because obviously i liked like adult cartoons i liked futurama mm-hmm. quite a bit and you know the, all of the adult swim favorites you know that i grew up watching mm-hmm. but i I wasn't sure there were any more like actual children cartoons that I liked and they're kind of, I wouldn't like specifically say they're like that show is designed for kids, but it's definitely like you can watch it as a kid or you can enjoy it as an adult. And I thought that was super cool. Same thing with regular show. Yeah. There Back seemed in to that, be a renaissance about that time where cartoons kind of changed a bit. And I feel like they're not the same anymore. Like I feel like cartoons were getting really weird in like a little avant-garde like uh, you know I what I mean? See that. Yeah, yeah. Just like left field kind of stuff that would mm-hmm. you. It was it was funny because it was like uh, it was almost like anti humor half the time because they were yeah, doing things yeah. that you they were they would do things that you they they would say underwhelming jokes or something so unexpected that it would just make you like laugh out loud like oh mm-hmm. my god like that was weird like there's a simple part of Adventure Time where like there's an entire episode where Finn uh, is doing something and Jake isn't even involved or something. And someone's like, hey, where's Jake at? And he like opens his shirt pocket and it's Jake the dog. And he's, he like farts and he rolls over. He's like, hey man, or something, you know, it's like something so stupid. And, and it's uh-huh. like, it had nothing to do with the rest of the entire episode. And it's like, I lost <laughs> it. Like that was so funny to me. So yeah, Adventure Time's great. Yeah, Adventure Time's good. I'm uh, takes forever between releases but steven universe is a really good one that i like right now i've heard so much about that show i've heard yeah. that i would really like it if i liked I, those i can only shows. recommend it it's, it's i think it's a really good show uh and also clarence i've heard good things about clarence. that one yeah i haven't watched clarence it's another silly cartoon network type show mm-hmm. but you know what i love about being an adult now is everyone understands spongebob references yes I, that's it's a very nice thing about being yeah i didn't expect that right now mid to late 20s now i didn't expect that for some reason i guess because when i grew up i knew how adults were mm-hmm. so in my mind that's just how adults would be i didn't realize that if once we all grew up together we would all understand the same jokes all of the same references i had a guy come fix my car the other day because i had a flat or something mm-hmm. and he was uh he was like a triple a guy or something and he came out and he had a majin boo tattoo 
That's so cool. Uh, you know, not the Majin Buu, but like the the M yeah. on his arm. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, what's up with that? He's like, oh, you know, Dragon Ball Z, dude. And that's like how he taught me. I was like, this is so weird to me. <laughs> because like he was obviously a little bit younger than me even. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, this is so weird. I had a, like a five-minute conversation with him about Dragon Ball Z. At yeah. the dude who was like fixing my car and he was like you know if i was a kid he would just be like any other kind of mechanic type mm-hmm. of guy but here he is he has like a literally an anime reverence tattooed on his arm and mm-hmm. he loved dragon ball z and i was like future's weird future is weird future yeah. is now future is weird it's different i can't wait till i'm outdated with all the references and i don't know where what people are talking mm-hmm. about they're going to talk about these weird youtube videos that they're watching and laugh at they'll, they'll be hollow vids at that time <sighs> You know what I mean, though? Like, the kids who are, like, uh, just now, like, five years old, and they mm-hmm. all have, like, these this YouTube knowledge that I don't. Oh, yeah. There's – yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming by today. It's been a really solid conversation. It went in all sorts of different directions. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a scatter plot. So I'm glad I got an omnidirectional microphone to capture all of those different directions <laughs> we were projecting. So Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me over. Yeah, good luck with everything you're working on. Is there anything you yeah. wanted to kind of plug for, for your future projects or anything you're, that's going on? Not yet. Um, Old Ninja's in the works, so it's, it's still working. I don't know if I actually talked about that much. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we think we got too off topic. I, I think I mentioned it briefly to Sidecooler yeah. on the computer. Um, Where could people buy it once it's released? Like, is this going to be like a Steam exclusive type of thing? I couldn't tell you. Maybe Steam. Uh, Steam's changed there. Uh uh, it's not green light anymore it's like their submission platform it's different now i don't okay. know how that'll go uh could be steam could be gog uh, i don't know could people is there a trailer available for nope. the game or anything it's pretty we got nothing <laughs> uh, i know our facebook page is a little outdated um uh the anthony said he'd be updating it with stuff as it comes along what's but, the uh, how can people find that if, in case they want to follow it the and progress i think it's just old ninja but i've been on i've been in like the code area so i haven't looked at the outward facing marketing stuff gotcha okay so yeah well i'm looking forward to it any idea how much it might cost no uh i have a feeling it won't be terribly expensive uh so it won't be anywhere close to like triple a game right but uh don't hold me to that uh who knows we've got like a level done we're still working out a lot of kinks you fall through the floor in the wrong place sometimes so Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Make sure you get a copy. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. This has been different. I hope you enjoyed it. Check you later. See ya. I never say bye. I just said it. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. Sorry for uh, (laughs) for ruining it.